Game Boys. Hello, Internet, and welcome back to the Game Boys podcast. Uh, I'm Lux, and with me, as always, uh, he may not be shit, but his mama thinks he made it. It's Griffin Davis. That's what you had planned? That's what you were so excited about? The longer boys? The lo- that was what you texted me saying, I've got a really exciting new idea. I don't think I said a really exciting new idea. I think I said I got a new intro and I'm excited for it. And yeah, that was what I was talking about. I thought that was that was fun. You laughed. I laughed. You all had a good time. Oh my God. Uh, and that was, was that a Kanye West reference? It's actually a ludicrous reference. I've been listening to that ludicrous. song. I've been listening to the ludicrous. song Country Shit a lot this week. Okay. Well, you're, that was a tricky one. Yeah, I wasn't going to get that. That wasn't fair. It was just that the original one I had... Uh, uh, we talked about earlier, so I had to change it. The only song I know by heart from it, Area Codes, right? Area Codes is ludicrous, yeah. yeah. Th- that's that's the only one I know. All right, Griffin, normally we start this off by asking each other what we did today, but I'm going to start with what I did today uh, because <laughs> good, it was good. incredible. So there, there's a YouTube show I've told you about that I'm into called Not Even a Show that involves prank calling alt-right radio stations. Yes. Today, I prank called uh, former Congressman Joe Walsh on his radio show. You prank called I, Joe I, Walsh? I did. Joe Walsh Just is... Because you were inspired by their show? Oh, no. It's for the show. They're going to use footage from the Joe Walsh show. Oh. And so I called in, and Joe Walsh is famous because after the shooting in Dallas, I believe, he tweeted uh, something to the effect of, uh, we're going to get you, Obama. Real America is coming. Oh, my God. And so I called in <laughs> to a show, and I was like, hey... I do a podcast called Game Boys. No, I was like, hey... Uh, <laughs> I think it was really bad what that comedian lady did at the, the White House thing last night. And he was like, Michelle Wolf. Yeah. yeah. But I was trying to be a, a dumb guy on the show. And I was like, I thought you think it's real bad. And I was like, it's almost as bad as someone tweeted that like they wanted to like, like to threaten the president on Twitter or something. And he was like, yeah, that would be bad. And I was like, yeah, it'd be so bad if someone threatened the president on Twitter. And he like didn't realize what was happening for like a minute and change. And his producer cut me off. Nice. But yeah, so today I trolled an all right radio host and I feel extremely good about it. How are you doing? Are you addicted to it now? Are you just going to, is that your new calling? Oh my God, it's such a fucking rush. Just like prank calling people on like very subtle tweet references that you're making. <laughs> like... <laughs> Hell yeah! I dude. don't know. I feel like you could have pranked him harder. What do you? What do you? What do you think, Gast? That, that will be unnamed. No, that's pretty good. That was good. Okay. Yeah, and I was, was working. On, I was working on a theme too. Like that was sort of the theme of the, the bit. Sure. Anyways, what did you do today, Griffin? I know you got a smog test. I did a smog test. I'm also and <laughs> uh, I accidentally like bled all over the paperwork. I don't. I don't know what happened. I had a cut on my finger. I didn't notice it. I handed him the paperwork, and he's like, "Are you bleeding?" And there's like blood all over the paperwork. I was like, "I, I guess I am. I'm sorry." And he's like, "No, nah, it's cool." You, uh, you're having a digital storm frenzy. You go on the floor. You there, do honestly, my room is pretty small. There's not a lot of floor space because I'm a you garbage. You do a floor man. cast. What'd you say? You can do a floor cast. I can try to be a floor cast. Because this is a podcast because we're in pods. <laughs> right. No, I, I understand what you meant. I, I know what a podcast is, Griffin. We host one every week. Haley, could you keep all of this? Thanks, Haley. I don't remember what I was talking about, but... Oh, you were talking about bleeding all over some paper. Okay, by the way, just audience, we had some technical difficulties. I'm recording in my bed today because my roommate needs to cook dinner. I was telling a boring story anyways. Uh, I've been trying to finish God of War. It's still great, and you finished it because you're just better at, like, crunching through things than I am somehow. You just, like, are like a vacuum. You're just, like, you can finish, like, like a a TV season in, like, 
three hours. Yeah, no, my horrifically addictive personality is certainly not like a talent. It might be a superpower you can, that you can just like absorb stuff. Yeah, that is that's a gift. But the fact that I end up wasting my time absorbing all kinds of stupid bullshit is perhaps a curse. Mm, and I and, but uh, I noticed a little God of War uh, potential reference in uh, this big blockbuster hit this weekend, Infinity War. You know, this is this is not going to be a spoiler cast, guys. Don't worry, I'm not going to spoil anything. But uh, there was something that seemed a lot like a God of War reference in that in that in that movie. What do you think, Lux? I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> All right, cool. Uh, anyways, uh, <laughs> Wait, we've gotten off to a very fuck? exciting... The, the, the Thor? Anyways, okay, we're, maybe. we're okay. killing it. Um, this is a terrible start. We're, I'm sorry, everyone. This I, is a mess. I can feel a lot of energy. We've 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 really ramped up to give our guest the entrance he deserves. <laughs> I feel like the first um, five minutes for the mic were great. <laughs> uh, I'd like to introduce uh, to the Game Boys podcast uh, Philip Binder. Oh, it's uh, Bender. Oh, it's Bis. <laughs> Damn, things are going great. Philip Bender, the thing is, and I knew that. Yeah, but, it's it's uh, B-I-N-D-E-R. It's Binder. It's very German. I don't apologize. Good, own it, dude. <laughs> yeah. So it's uh, so okay. Um, but uh, yeah, Phil's a funny guy. Um, <laughs> I uh, I'm gonna just quit this podcast this right is now. Sick. I think this is the moment. <laughs> this is a fun tip. If you publicly shame wrong. someone, the power does go to your head. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't worry. This is very much in the privacy of about ten listeners. Sick. Slam dunk. Slam dunk. Yeah. Uh, no. But yeah. Well, Phil's a funny guy. I funnily enough, uh, I saw actually Phil uh, before I ever met Phil. I saw Phil do stand up at some open mic somewhere. Oh, uh, and then months later, I ran into him. But I knew you originally as as a stand up guy. Um, but you also <laughs> just a stand up guy, just a stand up guy, yeah, a class act. Um, but you also do sketch comedy, and you do sketch comedy actually on the same night that I do. We yeah. share a night. Yeah. We're squish. Yeah, he's on a shout out. Oh, so you're it's a double. So it's been back to back squish squish. What do you call yourselves? Like squishoids? Squish squish crew? What what are those? What are the plural squish? Squish gang. Uh, squish. It's, it's, I think it's pretty much straightforward. It's just like squish and squish. So like if there's multiple squish, you just say squish. Sure. Sure. Well, sure. Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I want to talk a little bit about the stand up side of things. Cause that's a world I don't know too much about. Oh, okay. Are you actively going up and doing lots of mics right now? I uh, I've stopped recently cause mm-hmm. I like writing a lot more. Uh, but there was a point where I was doing mics like every night for a year uh-huh. and that, that's like the hardest grind I've ever done in my goddamn life. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. It seems tough. Yeah. And when I think of stand up, I think of like a bunch of like grumpy guys that are kind of like mean. And it's like, yes, there are a crowd. lot of men in stand up. Yeah. We apologize. <laughs> is that, is that still uh, the scene? Cause, cause you seem very nice. Oh, <laughs> oh okay. Yeah. This is interesting. Like, is um, the scene changing at all? No, the scene has always been the same and I have always been made fun of. Um, so <laughs> like if you show any kind of tenderness, it's just like a very easy yeah. way to uh, get eaten alive. Yeah. Get slammed on. Um, and I'm very good at uh, getting slammed on. And um, I'd like to think of myself as professional get slammed on. Uh, well, I mean, look, if you're good at getting slammed on, that just means you're resilient. Yeah. Like a, like a cockroach or a rubber band. <laughs> no, it's uh, 
Definitely like the worst thing that's that's ever happened. I have a very like uh, for listeners at home, very clean boy face. You can hear from my voice. I sound like I, I pose no harm. Uh, when I went up at the comedy store, the first thing I heard before I even got to the mic was "You suck." And it was as loud as possible. It was dead silent, and the person looked up to me and goes. Oh, there's a show going on. I was just telling that to my friend, and then like left. So uh, I was ignored uh, and told I sucked. Like, <laughs> yeah, I did. I did stand up for a, for a fairly long time, and that is pretty like on point the way it goes. And that's like the worst yeah. possible version of it. Like that's a double yeah. own in like a space of a moment. Yeah, yeah, it was sick. I felt good because after that, it was like everyone was on my side. It doesn't matter. Yeah, no, totally. You just won that room instantly. <laughs> yeah. You didn't realize what the gift he gave you. Yeah. Yeah. I miss heckling. You can't heckle during a sketch. Yeah. There's no heckling really during sketch. Uh, there's just people that are, 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 I mean, and this rarely happens, but I think recently we had a heckler. Oh, in, what a joy. Uh, I think she just had a little too much to drink, and that was that was yeah. all it was. Uh, there was someone chanting at the actors. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. Well, like, okay. Way different than heckling a stand-up. It's like interrupting a play. Yeah. See, to me that sounds excellent because I don't know if Griffin mentioned this to you, to you, Phil, but I um I write I write for and, and work with a, a professional wrestling show in Austin called Party World Wrestling, and all we ever Sick. want is people chanting at actors. Yeah. <laughs> oh, like, yeah. that is the dream. Yeah. You, yeah. You need that to we happen. Work extremely there. hard to make that happen. Yeah, I've also been asking for more violence in sketch. Like, can we get some like uh, choking people out? You know, you'd be surprised how little violence we have. We mostly just have like people dressed up as food. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, that sounds a lot like squish. Yeah, that's pretty much. Honestly, there's been the uh, over and over. It's just like the only difference between wrestling and sketch is that the wrestling kids uh, were cooler at one point in high school. Like at one point in high school, Different they were slightly cooler. I don't know, dude. You should maybe meet some wrestlers because I don't know if that really checks out. Like <laughs> they were strong. No one messed. With yeah, them. that's true. Some of them were strong, but a lot of them were nerds. But speaking of high school, uh, where did you grow up? Uh, San Jose, California. I am a Bay Area boy. Uh, this is crazy. We're having two squishies, both from the Bay Area, back to back. Are these <laughs> all the guests we can get? Yes. Yeah, probably. I mean, you, you're the one who get, has been getting the guests. Like you would know that question. <laughs> yeah, I went to an all boy preparatory school, Ooh. and then uh, before that. 35 kids were in my class from kindergarten to eighth grade. Mm -hmm. And so I had no friends and uh -huh. it is, it made me into quite the solid person I am today, uh, which is scared of talking. Huh. <laughs> yeah. That's actually really similar. I went to a very similar K through eight school and like through eight, uh, I had tight friends for like the first two or three grades. For like I never said I had friends. We're talking about Griffin now. <laughs> yeah. But they moved away. And then like once those two kids moved away, like I just left with, <laughs> 20 kids that didn't like me. There's like two empty you know? desks. Yeah. <laughs> just yeah. two. The rest He's of the just class staring is full. At yeah. <laughs> I'm staring at them wistfully. He's yeah. like, oh, I can just imagine like young Griffin drawing little pencil versions of his friends and then like standing them up on the desk so they fit over where the empty desks are on his like line Hell of sight. Yeah. I have psychological shit where it's like, did they even exist at all? Yeah. Probably, probably they did. Uh, but yeah, that, that can be tough. Uh, did you find like video games to be kind of like a uh, a cushion or a replacement for oh, lack of friends? No, no, no. I didn't play any video games or watch any TV until high school. Whoa. Yo, wait, um, what? Yeah. How? Like, I didn't know what SNL was until I was a sophomore in high school. It so, was just... 
it was just like so um i had very religious parents but they were also cool and so it's this weird thing where like you want to hate them but also they're rad as shit so like i can't blame them for being like they just have no sense of comedy like i'll put on something funny and they'll be like that's very nice and i'm like how and the the weirdest part is at the same time i read a lot so like they just forced me to read um my dad gave me sandman when i was uh 10 years old i don't know if he's so straight no tv but sandman yeah yeah yeah. so my my dad would read a bunch of comics uh like i'd I'd watch tv it's not like i wouldn't watch tv but i just didn't watch anything good it's just like i watched kids cartoons and that was it um but like Sandman has gruesome scenes where there's like a, a, a morbidly obese woman with a knife that cuts her own skin open. And I was like 10 years old being like, this is dope. Like, it's yeah, just sure. like one outlet via like a pervy old man comic. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. I mean, yeah, I, I not a totally similar experience, but my, my I didn't have uh, like cable in the house until I was about high school years old. And, uh, I was on a lot of like the comic book tip in a major fucking way. Yeah. And, but I also played fucking a ton of video games. That's the crazy part to me. Like not having TV checks out, but like I got so into fucking like Diablo. Like we had an N64, uh, when I was like in seventh and eighth grade and I started playing games then, but it wasn't like, you know, you had to have a parent bring you to a store. Like that was the important thing. So like you just play wave race. You just play Wave Race oh, 64. Wave Race, yeah. Like, you'd loop it, and then it's amazing how boring that game gets when it's just you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so then, like, you said, but so what? when did when did you start? I mean, are you, do you consider yourself, like, a, a video game fan that, like, consistently oh, yeah. plays lots of video games? So uh, when did that start for you then, uh, in high school? That started around, like, college. Um, okay. All of my friends got into programming, and I got into theater. Um, so it was like this weird mix of like, oh, I was the, the fun one. And they were all like, <laughs> uh, they're also fun. I'm not dissing them. They're, they're great. They, they studied game design. And so I was like, oh, this is rad. This is the coolest. They, they went to UC Santa Cruz. Have you guys been there? Um, no, that's the banana slugs, right? Yeah. Isn't that the banana slugs <laughs> mascot? Right? Yeah. Yeah, it's just a forest that people do drugs in. And so, like, of course, I wanted to go there all the time. But they'd be like, come play test this game. We've got like a physical prototype. It'll be really fun. And I was like, oh, what are these games? So, like, I got in a Stanley parable and all the like weird small shit, like anything that's that's like tiny or fucked up, because like uh Super Meat Boy was started by a Santa Cruz company. So like early indie genre happened out there. Oh yeah, um, no, a ton of like well, I mean, I know yeah, I know there's like a ton of like small studios in that zone. Yeah. And it makes sense like that have a lot of like like game design students like Santa Cruz, like working in small indie studios, stuff like that. Yeah, and it was it was really cool. And so I just like slowly became an obsessive. Uh the the other thing was like in high school we went with those same people. We'd go to the I, I don't know if you guys ever did this, but go to like game cafes. Oh, yeah. Oh, I sure. used to do that to play World of Warcraft with my friends. Yeah. I used to go with my brother when he would do that to play World of Warcraft with his friends. Yes. yes. We would play Warcraft 3 mods. Mm-hmm. Like, it was so sad. It was sad to not play the game, but mods off of the game. And, like, but it was great because you're with your friends. And, like, <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> and, like, like, Dota 2 is just like, a Warcraft 3 oh, mod. Yeah. That's, like, the biggest game on Earth. Yeah, absolutely. But, like, we, we would play, like, the really dumb ones that were made by, like, one guy. It was basically, like, a Mario 
party mini game in a Warcraft three engine. Like, Whoa, <laughs> that's so fucking weird. wild to think about. I love so that. Dumb. As a nerd in high school, when I fi- first saw one of these like gaming dens with just rows of people, I was like, I can't believe this exists. Yeah. Like, this is genius. Yeah. <laughs> Ours closed the next year. Uh, like, yeah. immediately. I, I, I wonder if they're still a thing. Uh, I think I'd be right. Some parts of the world, I know they're a big thing. I don't know yeah. how big a thing they are in the U.S. anymore. <laughs> Yeah, it's Man, not sustainable. That was a blast. Um, but yeah, so uh, you do you still like play games right now? And if so, does that like affect your or influence your comedy? Uh, no, I mean I like w- watching funny games. Like it's mm-hmm. so hard. I was so Knuckle Sandwich that that trailer just came out today. Sure. It looks like an Earthbound ass game, and it's it looks funny. And every time I see a game that looks funny, I'm like, you have the fucking you're so goddamn brave because the amount of games I've played that it's like we're a funny game and it's just like awful. It's just a groan sesh oh, yeah. over and over. <laughs> like, so if anything, all it does is make me look at a game that's funny and go like, OK, you figured out a way to make something where there's the least amount of acting or intention and people can skip through your jokes and it's still funny. <laughs> That's great. Sure. I don't, I can't think of like a funny game. Yeah, there now are that, none. Now that there's no that. actually funny games. There's amusing. Oh no, there's a bunch. There's like, no, like Grim Fandango is pretty funny. Fucking, it's an amusing yeah. game. I think like, you know, like, think yeah, like okay. Undertale is funny. But. Yeah, but like that takes so yeah. much like specificity. Like you have to be so yeah. specific with everything. Oh, mm-hmm. I mean the fucking, I mean obviously like this, the new South Park games are all pretty funny. Like yeah, the Stick yeah, of Truth right. and fucking yeah. a, a fraction. Fractured, fractured butthole. Yeah. Those are good games. But yeah, no, I know what you mean. They're so cutscene heavy, though. That's the point. It's yeah. just funny because the cutscenes, too. Yeah, no, games mm-hmm. games that try to be funny have a delicate balance. And like the thing with games, right, and why it's like such a huge risk in game design to be funny is that like anytime a game fucks up with trying to do it, like takes you out of the gaming <laughs> experience. Yeah. And all you want to do is be in it. So if it's not funny, like any bad joke is just going to like you out. And any reverse, bad joke just kills the game for like an hour. <laughs> the reverse is even worse. It's that like uh, you, you have these things in games that are so funny that are just mistakes. Like all your base belong to us and things like yeah. that. Or mm-hmm. it's like shit becomes so memeable because it's bad. Like that's what's funny to people in games is that it's like, oh, you did a terrible job yes <laughs> yeah like like some of the face face stuff in like mass effect andromeda was really funny to watch yeah oh, like, hell yeah like doing bad like <laughs> anything that's like like oh this is awful like <laughs> yeah well i love when i don't know i love a good broken video game yeah like anytime you can break a game it's like my favorite experience when i think of something stupid enough to make the game engine be like Oh, fuck. Like, we didn't think anyone would be this goddamn dumb. Uh, did you see Mario Cars 64? Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah that's, that's an example of a bad broken. It's it's literally like you broke it down to just so you only move forward on Rainbow Road. And then it's narration. It's like so uncomfortable. Yeah, it sucks. And then they use the Cars logo. <laughs> yeah, it's Wait, super what weird. Is this? <laughs> it's Mario Cars 64. It's Interactive like game. mod thing. It's weird. Oh, okay. It's like a mod thing. <laughs> but like, yeah, you find like um like Madden. I remember like Madden 2008 or nine had a glitch in the physics engine where if a character was hit in just the right way they'd go straight up <laughs> and there'd be no, like no friction on them. So they would just fly <laughs> yeah. onto eternity. 
Yeah, that's the best. And it was just like I remember playing with my friends. It was like the only goal was to just make make that happen, like just are, to exploit yeah, that gap are, in the yeah. game. There are certain games where the glitch is almost like some of the main entertainment value. I remember playing uh, this game, Worms Ultimate Mayhem. Oh, it's one yeah. of the only, I love a Worms game. Love yeah, a Worms but this game. one is a special one because it's uh, it's a three D turn based one, not a two D one. Oh, I remember uh, that. And no one wants to see the worms in 3D. Yeah, that game was no not does. good, actually. But the game was incredible because it was very fun, but also so glitchy that like you never knew what was going to happen when you <laughs> fired your gun. Uh, and that became just like this huge like handicap dice roll that was just part of the game. Uh, it made it really fun. I, I remember, I, I like I wouldn't have wanted them to patch it and fix it. Like I, I like I preferred it the way it was broken. Yeah, no, I love a, I lo- like I said, I love a broken game. Um, but let's actually talk about a precise mechanical and clockwork like yeah. game of X. Expert, expert craft. Let's talk about what we came here to talk about today. We're talking about XCOM 2. Absolutely. Yeah. And you're going to have to keep track of the time, Lux, because because I have no idea where we are time-wise after the I double record. Only <laughs> sort of know. Okay. But now, I, think we're, I think we're around 20. Sure. Perfect. Uh, okay. I'm imagining Haley playing the music right now. Julian Gollop was born in 1965 in Harlow, England. Instead of seeing movies, his family played board games regularly, which in- introduced Gollop to the complex strategy game Dungeons and Dragons. Gollop's fascination for strategy games led him to recognize how computers could allow him to create strategy games of his own. From 1982 to 1988, Gollop independently created strategy games off a small, underpowered computer while still in secondary school. Uh, his indie games were bought and distributed by publishers later. With the small amount of money from those games in 19. 19- Julian Gollop was joined by his brother Nick in founding Mythos Games, which would create one of the most popular strategy games of all time, XCOM, a game about a small squadron of soldiers defending the Earth from alien invasion. It would birth multiple sequels, including the most recent hit in 2016 with new directors taking over, but always crediting the success of the franchise to the DNA that started it all with Julian Gollop. This week, the Game Boys take back Earth from alien scum and try not to reload our saves with XCOM 2 Enemy Unknown. Wow. Yes. Wow. Yeah, this game's about save scrubbing. Yeah, it's on, <laughs> yeah, scum saving scum all the time. Save, scum save. Ugh, I hate a scum save. So yeah, Phil, I know. I, I physically can't do it. Uh, oh, I I tried to play uh, through. Uh, I played through a whole playthrough of it because I didn't realize I could do that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You have to be a fucked up individual to legitimately want to play that game. I think deep down, like it's it's a game that's like so easy to break its own rules but for some reason the community is so good at policing themselves like how <laughs> like imagine if you had like world of warcraft and it t- they told you hey all that time you spent like if they die they're dead forever but also you don't have to listen to us like <laughs> what would happen yeah, yeah. it's like if you, it's like you could fight the boss this way or you could skip it yeah like, <laughs> yeah they give no, you well, too i many- mean that's that's part of what makes i'm I'll use it the other way right now. Maybe aside from like just the 120 hour JRPGs. Hell yeah. My favorite genre of video game is like a strategy game. The permadeath tactical RPG. Like that's. Yeah. Uh-huh. That is that shit gets me horny as hell. Yeah. I have never been more alive than a moment when you literally like three days of work goes down the drain. And oh, your yeah. only thought is like. 
okay, I can come back from this. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, like, all right, look, Duke went down, but like, we've got Gunner, we've got Gunner, Leopard Sergeant Tigerson in the wings, and look, Tigerson's ready, dude. Tigerson's feeling froggy. Let's jump. Listen, Duke went down, but you can rename someone else Duke. <laughs> yeah, that the, is the ultimate worst thing around. you can do. Yeah, you call him Duke too. Duke I've done too. that so many times. That where you so funny. You have to live on in the memory. It's like you're a parent who's so let's before we get into to our relationships with the characters let's talk a little bit more about just the basic structure of the game for people who haven't played it hey before we talk about the structure of the game hey why why this game out of all games Uh, why this one yeah um i think that that xcom is one of the simplest and smartest games i've ever played I, I was talking with Griff about this earlier, um, but originally during XCOM Enemy Unknown, when they were building it out, they made a prototype that was too complicated, and so they had to scrap it and go back to square one. Like, they did all this crazy shit. Like, they made red arrows point to you when enemies could see you. Uh, every weapon had different ranges, and it was so complicated. And so they had just had to scrap it after two years of work or, like, one year of work. Oof. And they had another bit of runway. Otherwise, they just wouldn't release it. And so they were like, okay. Our only job is to take what we have and make sure it's not complicated to play, which is genius. Yeah, no, that's all every kind of, strategy game did that. Yeah, that's one of those like a uh, sort of uh, like sliding door situations where someone's just like, "Fuck it, we're doing it this way," and it's like, "Oh, great choice!" Like, good, yeah, oh, like, fantastic. Good thing you blew it before because otherwise you wouldn't get this perfect thing. Yeah, they, but that, that, they story, didn't have that story like reminds me of kind of the feeling of the game is like failure is a big part of these games. Yeah. Like oh, yeah. Making the wrong move, overstepping, failing, and then like uh, ha- failure having consequences and having to come back from that stronger knowing that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, So, yeah, you want to talk about what the mechanics of this game are like? I mean, we can run through that really fast. It's basically, I mean, Griff, do you want to do this? You're a big fan of explaining what's going on. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just like a game where uh, it's like you move soldiers upon like a, a battlefield and they, you know, you have a certain amount of squares on the battlefield. You can move them. There's all different types of classes and you're kind of moving through maps on, on different missions, whether it can be like destroying something or like uh, rescuing someone who's kidnapped. Um, and uh, they have a lot of tactical decisions you can make. And then you fight these alien AI that can also move on squares and they are just really freaking smart. Um, some of the best AI uh, and that's like one of the biggest things I always remember about these games is like uh, just feeling like I'm uh, really fighting against like an enemy like someone that's calculating and that's coming to kill me yeah yes. and and most significantly on top of all of that is you have like a small squadron of soldiers yeah and if one of them dies they're dead forever unless oh, as we referred God. to earlier you're a total fucking weirdo and yeah you scum save <laughs> to save your soldiers from death which is yeah. uh unforgivable like, yeah unforgivable. Kind of, it also defeats <laughs> the point of the game yeah exactly but so that's sort of the point right is as your choices aren't just how do i kill all the bad guys it's how do i kill the bad uh-huh. guys and keep my people alive and it's that second calculation that makes it super fun yeah because you develop relationships to them because like there's like characters you grow really fond of as, as you go uh i don't know if you guys had a similar experience but my first experience playing xcom 2 was i realized you could create characters name them and like really work on them so i spent what a beautiful a, moment i spent a 
lot of time working on all of them, and I made this squad. And no! Six hours in, they all died. Yeah. Uh, they got decimated. I made a big mistake. They all died, and all of these people that I loved were just gone. Yeah. Then I had to, like, come back, make new people, and I was just, like, so much warier that second time because oh, yeah. I, I had lost so much. I think, <laughs> I think the worst thing that's ever happened was um, I was... I always like to put whoever I'm dating in the game with me um, (laughs) because I'll put myself in and then I'll put whoever I'm dating. And at one point uh, I broke up with someone, but she was the best player on my team. And so I just had to like (laughs) keep moving forward with like it, like the ex carrying me. I've never felt a more stronger metaphor. Ex calm. Maybe that's where the title comes from. (laughs) Yeah, they probably (laughs) named it after that exact event. Um, (laughs) Actually, I have a weirdly similar, uh, like somewhat similar story. Um, no, uh, with the uh, with the it's actually with the original like OG XCOM. I of named the 90s. all my characters my wives. No, all well, five of my wives. Look, look. If you think you'd fit all my ex lives into one XCOM, you got nothing coming, buddy. I'm 27. I got an ex wife for every year after one. But no, I was about. I forget how I was. Like, you know, seven, eight, nine when the first XCOM came out, whatever. And I played it on my dad's computer. And I put in like whoever was around. So I put in like Daniel, my brother, and like dad and mom and like my neighbors. I love love just naming someone mom. Yeah. And I was like nine and like mom got capped by aliens. Like dad got his head chopped off. Like Daniel gets captured in a spaceship. And I was like, (laughs) And that's why I don't name them after people I know anymore. Because it like kind of probably traumatized me a little bit as a kid. I've shaken off a lot of video game trauma. I do it every time. I put my dad in the game. He always dies within like a couple of days. (laughs) Um, But yeah, those are the basic functions of the game. Uh, But XCOM 2, like, what does that do differently? Like, what does that bring to this franchise? So a lot of what was good about XCOM Enemy Unknown was the simplicity of it. Uh, But they didn't really explore any of the conditions. So when you would play a game in XCOM Enemy Unknown, you'd sort of be playing like a game uh, one of the major things about it is is fog of war which is essentially what you can't see on the map and the second you trigger someone's fog of war the enemies see you mm-hmm. and they come running at you battle start um but XCOM 2 did this amazing job of switching all those conditions so you you could be the fog of war and sneak up to them sure or stealth kind of yeah stealth if you will or uh they would switch things so it's like you automatically start with knowing where the enemies are. So Uh what it did was it provided variance to a system that was already working really well. Yeah. And it also, I think just added like depth to things like production and the kind of items you can make and, and team management stuff and options like that, even just little ways, like kind of simplified or either streamlined or expanded on those things in ways that make it a little more of a deeper experience than the first one. Yeah. yeah. You can build that whole like hub base where you're kind of like, yeah. uh, and like uh, that hub base was also important to the feeling of like this enemy has just like beating you guys back. Like in this story where we are, like earth has been taken over by aliens. Like we lost the war, yeah, which and, is a great start. Uh, which is like an interesting place to start. And so it's like now aliens rule earth. And now we're just like, a small resistance force that very much feels like the underdog. Uh, And uh, I think like feeling like the underdog is, is like what every single battle tries to make you feel at some point that it's just like feeling like overwhelmed, surprised, snuck up upon, not prepared. 
yeah i mean i think that's definitely true like an intentional like emotional communication they're doing and it's also <laughs> kind of like also a mechanic in the game because the second you don't feel like the underdog your whole shit is fucked like you're gonna die yeah. as soon yeah, as you're like oh i got this i'm way. feeling myself my soldiers are gonna march in there gun this dude down like six aliens just pop up out of nowhere and eat your dude's heart uh-huh. and then, like the pee point. on his corpse and laugh at <laughs> you and they're like i'm banksy <laughs> Yeah, they scale the game that way. That's one of the interesting things is that, like, you know, after XCOM Enemy Unknown, they threw in so many patches and DLCs that the game scaled in, like, a weird way. So you could never, like, play it all the way through and feel like you were playing one game. You felt like you were playing five. But, like, with XCOM 2, they did this smart thing where they're just like, we're going to front load as much as we can, and any DLC is just going to be, like, weird one-off missions. And it just makes the game actually go back and playable. <laughs> yeah, there's like enough depth there and enough density there that you can really get into the whole the initial mix. And so, okay, so um, let's talk about this. So you get one thing about the game is you can like compose your team strategically out of a bunch of different types of soldiers. Do you have uh, like any kind of preferred structure for that kind of stuff, and why? Um, the general preferred structure is grenadier over and over and over. Uh, <laughs> just blowing shit up left and right. Yeah, it's not even about that though. It's just about like shredding armor. Uh, there, there comes. Uh, every game has its flaws. And with XCOM too, it's the parody of armor. It's uh, the second you start to create enemies that are only or that are resistant to everyone but one unit then you pick that unit and you keep smashing them in your crew. Like, that's yeah. Sure. Yeah. No, I mean, that is, that is kind of a little bit, can get a little bit boring, but yeah, the Grenadier, the Grenadier is great. I'm always, I've always been partial to the sniper. Yeah. The sniper is my favorite too. Yeah. The, the sniper is the best. The sniper is just so fun to like narrativize. Like that's part of the fun of XCOM <laughs> yeah, is that no, every, yes. every level yeah. that you play is like <laughs> a movie. A narrative. Like it's like yes. a movie. And if you get invested <laughs> enough the way that I do, because as we've talked about on this podcast before, I get extremely into the games that I get into. <laughs> no, that you're right. There's built in twists to each mission like you feel like you've done it and then twist something else happens right but sometimes they're not even built in by like a design like oh you complete this objective trigger this they're built in by like oh i didn't check that shack and uh oh there's two aliens in there i didn't notice while i was like crossing this yeah. area yeah like it's there's a whole narrative that you can build in and if you're like me you're like thinking what the characters are thinking and so like i'm like i'll be playing the sniper and i'll like get a headshot kill a guy kill another guy with like the follow-up shot and be like and he like blows on his gun and is like, ha ha, like yeah. gets ironed my hour of Oprah tonight. I like to think yeah. my sniper watches Oprah. I don't know. But my point is that like, you can really get into their heads. And it's like one of the more fun parts of the game, at least for me, is like imagining inside the heads of the characters. I don't know if you guys get into that shit. Absolutely. There's the skill tree for the, the sniper where you just do pistols. There's nothing more fun in the world than <laughs> trying to break a game by doing something that you clearly shouldn't do. Oh, yeah. Use the very tiny gun over and over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, like, yeah, there's there's just so much variance. And it's also just like, I don't know, there is something really fundamental, at least for me, about getting invested in individual units in a game in a way that like, like, you know, if you play Warcraft or Age of Empires or Starcraft, it's like mm-hmm. you're rarely going to have like a hero unit that you like fall in love with. But like you like max out a sniper, put him in a robo suit, like spend <laughs> oh, like, yeah. you know, like spend like 50,000 units like specking out the sniper. And like all of a sudden that sniper means more to you than like your pet. Yeah. Uh-huh. And just like can you remember the things that it, they've been through, the close calls it took them to get there and everything. Yeah, it's yeah. Tough. Or like they, they do such a good job incentivize like 
because it's a hard game. You can have people die, but you can have people go down to zero health, which is such like a weird D and D thing to oh, have yeah. like a zero health point. Got to got to make your survival rolls. <laughs> yeah, and then like carry them back, uh-huh. and like that's that's the thing that always made me go like, holy shit! Like my <laughs> gut hurts is when like someone's passed out, and like you still have an objective to complete. But you have to waste a unit to pick someone up and carry them back because you care so much. Or and the heart wrenching ones where you the objective is tough and you have to leave them behind. <laughs> oh, yeah, I've done that before, and yeah. I feel like a fucking turd. Oh, that's the yeah. worst. No, it's like like there are not a lot of games that have moments. There, that's not true. Lots of games have individual like a couple moments where I like watch a thing or do a thing. And I'm like, I need a cigarette. I need to take a break. But XCOM <laughs> is like that over and over and over. Um, it creates a mode of like constant crisis and anxiety that mirrors my regular life actually in a certain type of way, but in like a way that's much more pleasant. <laughs> like it's a type of anxiety I can get into as opposed to being like, oh, I'm, I'm a disaster. Lux, would you feel would you fare well in, in a commander position if you were fighting an alien army? Um, you th- you could, you yeah, think I actually well? think I would, despite yeah. despite my behavior on this podcast. I actually am pretty good at organizing people and like telling people what they should do. Yeah, and I'm good yeah, at looking yeah. at the big picture. Here's the one problem: is sometimes I get distracted and forget details, and I feel like. <laughs> In XCOM, that's gotten people killed before, and I feel like in a regular <laughs> war, it probably would too. So that's the downside. I, feel I like that you're modest. I feel like I'm a high ceiling. I feel like I'm a high ceiling, low floor commander. Like it could go really well, but it could go really, really bad. My favorite or silly troop class is the guys that have swords. And like, yeah, they're great. They like fight alien robots with swords. swords. Hell it's yeah, dude! Like, that's my favorite shit. It's like those guys are just like the craziest. They got nothing to lose. I know it sounds. Crazy crazy that we're so like caught up on classes but uh, the thing that makes it so interesting is that there's very few choices you can actually make beyond this person became this class and you have a very slight choice to it Mm -hmm. so the second like all of their animations give them tells all of their animations give them character you immediately catch on to something that's like a very easy type and then you're like yeah that's the person who runs up and slashes people yeah i love them yeah and that's all you need to like like that person yeah, <laughs> yeah. i think the character also, models do a lot yeah, like, they do and i also think this is a game that like really this what's really oh i have so much i fucking love about this game one yeah. like, the thing about this game that i find incredible is that like it appeals really strongly both to like the analytical like mathematical like positioning and and calculation mind but it's also like in appeal to like your creative brain to like get into these characters and get into this world. And in a way that like it fills both those needs for me in a way a lot of games don't. Like there are some games like great and imaginative and I'm into it, but there's not like a terrifying tactics element or vice yeah. versa. But this one like really plays like left brain, right brain games. And it's like incredibly interesting how they can cultivate that shit. I wish I was smart enough for Dwarf Fortress because I feel like that's that's like the exact same thing. Yeah, but. that's how I feel about both Dwarf Fortress and baseball. <laughs> 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 but I totally agree on Dwarf Fortress. That seems like a game I super want to get into, but it seems so big. You would have to like actually give up. They've been making that game for 30 years or something. <laughs> yeah. I, I say keep holding out, Lux. We have a podcast now. Maybe we can get some inside scoops. Who knows? If you find someone who actually knows how to play Dwarf Fortress in the city of Los Angeles, I will be shocked. <laughs> I mean, I will too. Because I'm only there for like a week out of every year, so it seems incredibly long odds. But we'll see. I'll be there in October. We'll find out. 
Uh, like this game for me all feels like a game that'd be like fun to play uh, cooperatively. I don't know what that means. Yeah. But, like, oh no. I mean, no. Griffin, you and I played this game together when you lived in Austin. We'd like work on sketches and then get stoned. Then you'd play it, and I'd be like extremely anxious about your dudes dying. Oh yeah, but then like we but we couldn't like play two controllers, right? It was no. just like trading off. Well, it wasn't even trading off. It was just like us looking at the board and being like, "What do we do?" Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, you make decisions together. Yeah, yeah right. that yeah, was pretty yeah, fun. Yeah. Like that was actually like that's like that was how I got into like got back into XCOM. Like I played XCOM uh-huh. games as a kid because my dad had them. Then I didn't play the new one until uh, we were working on like our first couple sketches and we were doing oh, that yeah, shit. And that's right. when I got back into the game. It is like a sign of a good game that like just talking about it makes me want to play it again. Like I'm thinking like, hmm, it's 745 right now. I might play some <laughs> XCOM yeah. tonight. Oh no, today was the um today was the latest I like pushed playing the game for the podcast precisely because it was XCOM 2. Like usually on a Monday, part the kimono for a second. I'll wake up, I'll do a little bit of work for my job, and then I'll play the game for a couple, like, until lunchtime or a little past that, just to refresh, and then... <laughs> and you were like, I can't do this, because I know where it's going to go. And I was like, I was like, if I start this at 10, I'll lose everything play between 10 day. and 9. Yeah. Like, it's just not <laughs> happening. So I got all I worked on, like, 3, and then played yeah. from there, because it was just like, I don't... I'll get... I'll, I'll lose everything about today. And look, the people... <laughs> The fan, wisecrack fans need their content, and I'm not going to let those people down. <laughs> I um. think it's just there's that dangerous balance of this game has taken over my life, and this game is my life, and like uh, it's yeah. I think it's like that's the thing that this this game like when XCOM two came out, I was so hyped. I took a day off work and I don't ever take days off work, but like I told everyone to their face at work what you were doing. Yeah. I was like, (laughs) guys, I'm not coming in. And they'd be like, why? You know, we have shit we need to do. And I'd be like, I need you to understand. (laughs) Like I've been waiting for like, Oh no. A long time. (laughs) I feel that. I feel that in such a major way. I've, I, I mean, so, so part of my job now is watching movies, playing video games, stuff like that. And even so, um, I've had to call it and be like, I know I was supposed to play this video game, <laughs> but <laughs> Persona 5 just came out. And, hell uh, yeah, Persona 5. Hell yeah, it took a day out for that. Oh yeah. Oh dude, I, I just literally... I, I, I had to take a sabbatical to finish <laughs> that game. No, Jesus Christ. The, the, the content heads at Wisecrack were like, Lux... What are you working on? What do you want to work on this week? And I was like, oh, I'm not. <laughs> I was like, no, you don't. That's not. No, you're not doing it. I'm not. Nothing is what I'm doing. I'll be back in a week. I'll talk to you guys. And I played it like fucking. Have you, have you this beat is that very, game? No, I haven't, okay. which is the worst part. But this is very tangential. My favorite thing I've ever done is find a store that was selling it two weeks before they should have. Whoa, they broke it. They the broke best. the deal. Right. Oh. And I I found it through Twitter. I don't use Twitter. I don't use Twitter. I still found it. And then I bought it two weeks before, put it in, and then went, I have to go to work tomorrow because I spent all afternoon finding this store. <laughs> that is amazing. <laughs> yeah. That is incredible. Uh, yeah, it was really I had to find a store that sucks at the rules. Fuck, that is awesome. Yeah, it was it was so weird because I walked in and there was three other fucking dorks that walked in after me. And like the first day I walked in, they were like, uh, I don't know if we're selling it yet. And then I came back like I not first day, but like two hours later, and they were like, Yeah, we're selling it. <laughs> like, was this a, a GameStop or was this like a local no. owned game store? This was a mom and pop store that uh. was like in Culver City. Huh. And 
I felt like I was evil doing this. <laughs> like uh, my morals hit me. And yeah, getting I was, away with murder over here. Yeah, two and, weeks early. <laughs> oh my god, that's amazing. I texted all my friends who like the game and were like, "Hey." <laughs> I found a store that's selling it and immediately got responses from all of them. But they were like, oh, man, I just can't make it today. Just can't make it today. That's <laughs> 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 um, fucking incredible. Well, uh, is there anything else we talk about XCOM before we take a commercial break? Um, the the other really interesting thing, I don't know if we're going to talk about this afterwards, but Julian Gollop's role. Oh, yeah. We should talk a little bit about the creator. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. You, have, you have Julian Gollop and, and Jake Solomon, who are two of the most interesting characters in the world, because Julian Gollop is an old, old nerd, and Jake Solomon is a buff piece of flesh. Like, he's Hell just like... yeah. Which is like a muscle golem kind of guy? Yeah, he is huge, and all he wants is to make Julian Gollop proud. Well, let's... Like, so, so let's, yeah, Julian Gollop is the original creator, right. and then this Solomon guy is the, is the creator of the last two most recent versions of XCOM. Yeah. Sure. And all Jake Solomon wants to do is make Julian proud. Or when <laughs> XCOM Enemy Unknown came out, like the original XCOM heads hated it. They thought it was trash. And then it, they thought it was so trash that this Steam game came out called Xenonauts. I don't know if you oh, played it. Oh, I remember it. Xenonauts, yeah. Yeah, I think that's trash because it's impossible to play. Yeah, it's not. A, I remember I didn't buy it, but my friend bought it and I played with him and it was not a well-designed game. It was horrible, but it was it, the anger was so justified that, that happened. And then <laughs> Julian Gollop was like, yeah, that's a good game. I like Enemy Unknown. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, it was still uh, very popular rules. despite, I guess, the hardcore nerds not being super into it. Oh, yeah. No, it was literally just the basement dwellers. And it, they, they don't mean anything. They're <laughs> the biggest games of the year, like Witcher 5. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Julian Gobb's a really interesting dude because he started making video games such a long time ago. Oh, like yeah. Before computers were even computers. Yeah. And and he's still making them today. He must be one of the the oldest like game developers out there. He's got a new game, Phoenix Point, that Phil is talking to me about, yeah. right? Yeah, it's essentially um, the the funniest thing about this is that the XCOM series goes from XCOM, which is like a very weird looking hex grid squad based shooter, right, uh, to a cover based shooter that's simplified in design. And then for some reason, everyone's just letting Julian Gollop do exactly the same thing as Enemy Unknown. No one's trying to sue him. It's the (laughs) weirdest thing. It's like literally the exact same cover based shooter. The only difference is you can shoot an armor like they're just letting it happen because Jake Solomon has a man crush on him. It's it's similar to um, this is uh, one of my favorite stories of like video game, just like lost stuff. It's tangential. It's like amazing. Um. John Carpenter's lawyers, who represent Escape from New York, wanted to sue Hideo Kojima for all the Metal Gear games. <laughs> no, and then because of John the Carpenter was like, "No, I met that guy. He rules. Yeah, don't you exactly. fucking sue him. He's dope." Yeah. It was just like he was like, "This guy's cool. I don't want to sue him. It's whatever." That's um, so and I feel funny. like that's like the Jake, the same thing with the the Gallup story. Is just like someone just being like, "No, like I'm the one who gets to decide if we sue at the end of the day, and yeah. where we will not." <laughs> I don't think Jake Solomon had the choice, but also it it just doesn't matter because there's if you go on Steam today and you search cover based tactical shooter or turn-based, cover-based tactical shooter. Which I'm known to do. That's what I do every day when I wake up and every day when I go to sleep, just to check on my friends. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, you, gotta, you gotta see how they're there doing. Are, there are so many that it's obnoxious. It's just like, 
it's hit parody. It was like now there's a zillion like uh, what what do you call them uh, like Fortnite style games, battle yeah. royale. Uh, after XCOM Enemy Unknown came out, a bunch of indies just started trying to jump on it. And because the indie cycle is like three years before a game is made, we're getting them all now. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. And there's some. Yeah. Well, yeah. And a lot of a lot of them I am frustrated by because they lean a lot more into the ta- into the RPG or into the shooter element of it and less into like the tactical RPG. Good games. Really quick. Invisible Ink. Very good squad based game. Oh, I've heard that. Um, you've got. That's it. All right. Well, okay. <laughs> uh, um, moving on, we're going to take a quick commercial break and we'll be right back with a little bit more a Game Boy. Oh, how do you do it? Game Boy. What's Game your, Boy. Game Boys. Hey, Griffin. Hey. When was the last time that you shot a high pressure water straight up your butthole? Hmm. I guess I'd have to say about 20 minutes ago when I used my home bidet. That's interesting. When you're out on the go and I know you're a busy man, how often do you get to use a bidet if you're not at your house? I'd say close to never. And what happens if you go days without getting to use the bidet? You get uh, some buildup down there, right? It's unmanageable. Well, that's horrifying, but I've got a solution for you, and it's the portable bidet from Idea Solutions Tech Co. What? What? A bidet that I can take while I play? A bidet for when you play. When you're out on the streets, you can just carry out a camelback with a special high-pressure tube that you put right beneath your butt, press a button, and it launches a clean stream straight up that sphincter. A clean stream on a portable thing? That's my dream. Yep, it's exactly what you're going to get with the bidet as you play. The portable bidet. Grab yours today. And thanks for listening to the Game Boys Podcast. Welcome back to the Game Boys podcast. <laughs> I got to work on the delivery a little bit, but it's getting better. It's still me, Lux, still with Griffin Davis and Phil Bender. Um, and we are here still talking about XCOM, uh, XCOM Enemy Unknown. And we are at the part where we rate this game. And so it's time to rate this game, boys. Um, oh, shit. Phil, you can start. We work on a scale of one to five joysticks. Uh, one, oh, God. That's five. tacky. Can I say that's tacky? <laughs> yeah. yeah. You, oh, it's super can. tacky, dude. Look, the show is called The Game Boys. It's not called, like, The Creative Experts. Oh, okay. <laughs> do you think do you think six is a less tacky number? No, I think that the controller's the tacky part. It's, oh. it's, it's not the number? I think it would no. be better if it was a scale of one to seven with four being the best. That's complicated. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, maybe a one to ten, you don't need to flourish it. <laughs> hey, maybe. We still have our own little, you know. No, our... I'll do one to five joysticks. How about I love one to five? Uh... No, I'm not going to change your show. What we should do, really, is change the thing use. based on the game. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, like, one this to could five be like, comms. This, uh, like, one to five, yeah, one to five comms or one to five aliens. Uh no. Eh, well, okay. For now, let's just say one to five Wii joysticks. <laughs> okay, one to five Wii controllers. That's way better. That's way better. <laughs> I love that. Uh, but yeah, final thoughts, and then your rating. Uh, the game's perfect, <laughs> but I would still give it a four out of five because I think that any game that doesn't end in an hour is bad. Um, <laughs> I love short games. Okay. But I think it's a perfect game. So four out of five. Nice. Lux, you get next. Yeah, sure. I'll actually, I'll go one better. I'll give this game a straight up fucking five. I, oh, <laughs> nice. Which is actually, that your first five? I don't think, yeah, I think it's the first time I ever get on the podcast. Well, it's a perfect game. It's your first it's five. A, yeah, it's like actually a perfect game. I think that it's long. That's true. But I'm not, it's not a game that I play with the idea of finishing it in mind. It's a game where I play a mission to try and survive. 
and then addictively oh, yeah. play 75 more in a row because I can't stop. But it's not like I think about it as like an entire complete thing. And each mission is like an incredible, amazing, like narrative adventure on its own. And oh, yeah. so like I, I like I can't say enough good shit about this game. Uh, it's also the first game where an avatar of my father died. Not the last game, but the first one. So like, that seems important. Um, yeah. So, yeah. First time your dad died digitally in front of your eyes. Yeah. Look, my, you said this in the podcast before. My Freud shit runs deep. But yeah, no, I think it's pretty much perfect game. I, I feel similarly. Uh, I think it's pretty much perfect. Uh, I think I'm going to give it a 4.5, though. And I'm going to take a 0.5 off just because I feel like I could have gotten a little bit more out of not the narrative ga- in the gameplay, but like just the narrative at large feels a little bit under underwritten for me or just a little bit on the nose, like kind of basic. Some of like the missions are just a little bit kind of like uh, commander. Yeah. Commander, <laughs> army, commander. aliens. And I, and I, and I wish more pilots. maybe one or two steps deeper with something. Yeah, um, that's fair. Oh, but, by the way, but overall a game that I'm probably going to play when Phil leaves. <laughs> yeah, um, by the, the way, um, speaking of good games in this vein that we were talking about before, I just want to throw this out there. If y'all haven't played the banner saga and banner saga Two. Banner ex- Saga's good. I extremely recommend those games. The the yeah, fighting engine's fun, and they just have like they are more on the RPG end of the spectrum of a tactical RPG in a I major hate way. The pacing, the pacing and the animation is is disgusting to me. The way characters move <laughs> just like makes me want to go nuts. Oh uh, yeah, if you can't get down with the animation of a game, it's but it's yeah. it's a total personal thing. I think it's just because I don't like these weird three quarter views that they have for everything. Sure. You have like a top down three quarters, so it looks like you're playing chess, and I'm like, I don't trust any of these characters like they look like little human pieces <laughs> yeah um, i don't get that vibe but i do understand where that's coming from and i think that's totally fair but yeah griff if you haven't played the banner saga or listeners you should do it but play xcom first anyways yeah. banner saga is a good story it's a really good story that's our ratings now it's time for everyone's segment full everyone's favorite segment full of segments it's time for the segment segment griff <laughs> yeah we're gonna do these rapid fire uh it's time for the first segment talking tale where i ask our guests have they played undertale yes yay we got a yes what, moving on oh, that's, that's it? all you're not even gonna ask what they think about it <laughs> okay yeah what do you think about we're it not uh, that's that pretty good time i don't think <laughs> i have no idea no we're, I, we're fine i think uh Undertale is a very fun game. Let's talk about Knuckle Sandwich. Shout out. Kickstart that game because it looks fucking gorgeous. Um, Undertale is like a funny game, and that's priceless. Like I was talking no, about funny games earlier and how rare they are. Yeah. There's there's something so so fucking uh, weird about that game where if if it was done with one piece differently, it wouldn't have worked. And like you could take some stuff out of like Far Cry Five, and it'd still be Far Cry Five. Like, it's yeah. just But like, if you take like one little thing, or you change a character a little bit, like none of it congeals. And that's what makes it a perfect game. And that was Talking Tale, everyone's favorite segment. Well, let's get on to our second quick segment. Next second quick segment. It's time for a yak and Yu-Gi-Oh. Where I ask our guest, "Hey, you ever play Yu-Gi-Oh?" Yeah. Oh, dope. I got I got Yu-Gi-Oh! Two two links, uh, and then there's a really bad Steam game, and I only say bad because there's no animation or flourish to it. It's just hardcore Yu-Gi-Oh! Mm-hmm. But it was like five bucks, and I was like, all right, I can spend a whole day oh, yeah. waddling through a bad UI. Sure. Uh, and so <laughs> I got really good at Yu-Gi-Oh! for a weekend. <laughs> Hell yeah. I got pretty oh, I got pretty yeah. into the digital Yu-Gi-Oh! for a second too. I read the manga and I was like, I gotta get into it. 
<laughs> well, you know, on these segments, I always hope for a no because I think they're bad segments that and we can just move on. But we got two yeses. And yeah, we, it's probably gonna be yes forever. You don't do shit on the segment, Griffin. It seems, it seems unnecessary. <laughs> <laughs> it seems unnecessarily mean. Just, you know. um, but let's move on to uh, a segment I don't completely hate. Oh, you're shitting on the segments because you're anxious about your riddles. Ah, uh, yeah, that's what it is. I'm <laughs> nervous about them. Okay, fine. Well, for the next segment, it's riddle me this uh guys i am a major video game character and you're gonna have to guess who i am with a series of riddles busby (laughs) (laughs) um and i will uh i'll give them to you one at a time and if you if you think of it you can shout it out you can have as many guesses as you uh, guesses as you want um okay in the fight, I'm cheery. I have a good time. I'm known as a traveler that passes through time. Is it like Prince of Persia? No. Is it like a is one of the Chrono Trigger guys? No. All right, and on to the passes second riddle. Time. Um, oh. Okay, keep going. On. I think I thought. I think I got it. God damn it! I don't, maybe I'm wrong. I like to fast forward, but also rewind. I've got my eye on a lady's behind. <laughs> it's okay, this no, like, like, well, I don't. Hmm. It's like a Telltale game. What's going on? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's this... a major. It's a major video game character. It's it's one of the you know. It's a time it's a, traveler. It's, it's on Riverdale. The, it's on the cover, you know, of the. Did you say this? Riverdale? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, the CW show Riverdale is it's not, not a the video popular game video game character, character that I am okay. speaking of. I apologize. Um, is it? Okay. Okay, Lex, you got a guess? Looking at a lady's behind. I. <laughs> that's what throws me off here. I know. <laughs> um, because my my first thought, my initial thought was like Bayonetta. I like to fast forward, but also rewind. I've got my eye on a lady's behind. Um... Okay, and we'll go on to yeah, our third our, one, give guys. Me a third riddle. This is uh, this is it. This is the this is the <laughs> this is the, this is it. Okay, okay. Uh, cute hair and two guns on my hip. Zip zap through the air. Do I slip? So it's Bayonetta. No, Bayonetta has guns on her feet. No, it's guns. That was oh no. tracer. It's tracer. It's tracer. Yeah, it's tracer. And you go. Oh, Overwatch sucks. It's tracer. <laughs> Overwatch <laughs> is fun, but also does kind of suck. <laughs> Overwatch is bad. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that was riddle me this. We got through three Ooh. riddles, guys. I'm feeling better about these riddles. Yeah, no, that was yeah. your best work so far. Um, yes, that was, those stumps. were three escalatingly difficult riddles. Or it's oh, the easy riddles. Okay, well. was it was it one of the commanders from Civilization? Was it the Phil, military commander? Phil is still guessing <laughs> past the segment. Phil has not realized the segment is over. Was he's it con- the uh, determination? I appreciate from Civilization. Uh, never, I, never. I'm up. sorry. I had, this was popular video game characters. Uh, <laughs> never give up. Never surrender. All right, now it's time for our final segment, which means you're almost free to go, and we're almost oh, done here. And we are playing everyone's favorite choice-based game about video game choices. It's play it, slay it, delay it. Delay it. So. The way this game works, Phil, is I will read the names of three video games. I'll also read the ad copy from their websites or Steam pages, and you will choose which one to play, which one to slay as in throw in the trash, and which one to delay as in save for later, because, man, who cares? Sick. 
All right. So first, oh, today's theme, of course, is sort of a is is a tactical role playing games. Okay. First, we have the Valkyria Chronicles, set in a fictitious nah. continent reminiscent Play. of the 1930s. <laughs> Valkyria Chronicles <laughs> depicts Europa divided and ruled by two powers: the Empire and the Federation. The Empire has its sights set on invading the Principality Gallia, which shares its borders with the two superpowers. An attempt to secure an invaluable natural resource, Ragnite. Uh, Sometimes the, the copy for these games is so dumb. It's like that. This doesn't tell me anything about the game. This game is rad. <laughs> just so everyone knows. Within the struggle, a hero named Welkin and his fellow soldiers of the Galleon Militia oh. Squad Seven are fighting back against the invasion and the Empire's attempts to unify the continent under its power. Hell yeah, play and play this. This okay, game's well, great. Wait, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> Phil, also, yeah. Phil struggling with the, the rules of another segment. Yeah. <laughs> We've also got Gorky Seventeen. <laughs> it's a sequel to Gorka. <laughs> a sequel to Seb Gorka. Um, Dr. Seb Gorka. Um, no. So, Gorky 17. November 2008. NATO intelligence services report that for unknown reasons, the Russian military has destroyed Gorky 17. A year later, NATO takes over a former Russian secret base built on Polish soil. After examining the wreckage, NATO decides to leave the lab as it is. But shortly afterwards, the town's previously deserted streets are suddenly teeming with hordes of grotesquely deformed creatures. Word soon gets out to the media, making it impossible for NATO to simply destroy the site. Nobody's allowed in or out, but will they discover the terrible secrets of Gorky 17? And more important, will anyone live to tell about it? I like that one. I blacked out. I was still thinking of Valkyria Chronicles. (laughs) (laughs) And then finally, when when, when when Phil said he would play it, he started playing it. He's he's not listening (laughs) to what you're saying. It's playing the game. Yeah, no, I mean, I can, I'm seeing, I'm watching on the video, he like pulled a PlayStation 1 out of nowhere and just plugged it into a computer. Um, and he's just having Last a great time. Least. We've got Shining Force, the land of Rune and the kingdom of Guardiana has been at peace for centuries until the hordes of Rune Faust attack. <laughs> now the evil forces of Rune Faust, Rune Faust are spotted near the gate of the ancients as a young swordsman of Guardiana find out what Rune Faust is after, stop their ambition and bring back peace to the land of Rune. The fate of the world depends on the Shining Force and you. Uh, Seems like an easy choice. All right. Well, well, I know. I feel like we have a pretty good sense of what Phil's going to do. Yeah. Well, I'm going to delay Gorky 16. 17. Oh, oh, there were so many before. Uh, I feel like I got to catch <laughs> oh, up. Track you know what Gorky's. I mean? <laughs> yeah, that's true. I can't sure. play Gorky 17. <laughs> Without playing the first 16. Yeah. I mean, I'd just be lost, you know? Uh, and then Rune Faust it sounds like an awful. It sounds like a, a high school English student decided he made a video game. Uh, we're going to yep. put Rune first and then Faust second. Like, <laughs> do you know just like Faustian two main- bargain? <laughs> and Valkyria Chronicles is a perfect game. I give it a four out of five. <laughs> I, 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 I love Phil's this ratings. This, um, Valkyria Chronicles is an amazing game that all it is is World War One, as if the Japanese were involved in it. Like it's the weirdest game, but it's so good. Whoa, cool! I'm a bit of, hist- of revisionist history. Yeah, no, it's hardcore them wanting to be Americans. It's like oh. it's like the Japanese doing American or or sorry, early European politics for World War One. So it's like small small villages being taken over by an. Uh, uh, world at war and 
it, all the combat's weird because you move with a joystick, but uh, it like clicks and tracks how you move. And so you move a certain amount of space and then it just stops and then you do an action. Yeah, that design is always so good to me. It's fucking fun. I, perfect game, four out of five. <laughs> no, I, Phil is the perfect. only guest we've had that understands the weight of a five out of five. Yeah, that's a fucking lie. I got paid. Well, if no. I ever get a, give a five out of five, I got paid so much. <laughs> Danny understood, Danny understood the five out of five. That's why he started making fun of us for the idea of the podcast. <laughs> Anyways, Griffin, what do you got? Um, I, I'm going to play uh, Gorky. I'm going to <laughs> I'm going to delay uh, the the first one because Phil likes it. So I'll get to it, and then I'm going to slay the third one just because the copy was tragic. Yeah, it was tragic. <laughs> yeah, um, I am with Griffin. I would actually no. I think I'm going to go with Phil. I'm going to say I would play Valkyria. Um, I love a World War One thing. I'll delay Gorky because eventually I'll Gorky. <laughs> but you'll always Gorka. And yeah. <laughs> I'll, yo, uh, you know I'll always Gorka. Um, and uh, I'll, I'll slay Shining Force because the copy, as you said, it's terrible. It is almost exclusively proper now. <laughs> um, you know what, Lux? It's, which is I'm, like a I'm real I'm very disaster. excited because you know what that means? It's another triple Slay! Woo! You really, I don't know what to do when you make like the, when you like call for me to make a noise. It's like a, I don't like peek anything. So I can like yell. <laughs> this I, like do a no, dog. This feels video? good. Our, <laughs> like, flam, 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 flam. That's what I should have done. Like, flam, I flam, tricked, flam, flam. I tricked, Haley, if you just want to cut to that. I tricked all of you into playing JRPG trash. <laughs> <laughs> um, is this, I mean, what? Which is which one of those was a JRPG? Oh, Valkyria oh, Chronicles. Valkyria. Okay. Yeah, Valkyria. Yeah, it's, I love JRPGs, yeah. but it's all fucking trash. <laughs> sure. Yeah, no, I love them too, but a lot of them are a fucking mess. Um, but Phil, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. You were a treat. You're one of our, our biggest supporters online, so oh we appreciate God. that. Take me down a peg. Um, yeah, sorry. <laughs> Sorry to include you in, in our group, uh, uh, but we had a pleasure having you on. Is there anything that you'd like to plug? Uh, I don't know, man. Go go buy pre-order Knuckle Sandwich. That game looks amazing. He gets a cut of Knuckle Sandwich. I get Is there anything you want to plug about yourself? No, dude. Go go pre-order Knuckle Sandwich. That shit looks great. Dude, I, our last two get The people from Squish are extremely selfless There's on the pod. fucking Knuckle There's Sandwich. Like, I don't want to plug anything. Like, put yourselves over this game that nah, I like. Nah, dude. I'm fucking you know. useless. Knuckle Sandwich took like three years. Like, I don't have that amount of focus. <laughs> yeah, no. So, okay, yeah, good point. Um, all right, Griff Dog, tell the people. Yeah, you can find, find you. me on Twitter at uh, Shut Up Griffin, or you can find us on our brand new Instagram, Game Boys Pod. Please follow us. We're trying to do that. Phil's shaking his head. This is why Phil didn't want to plug anything. No, no, no. I love plugging stuff. I can't. I just think all I've been thinking about today is Knuckle Sandwich. Well, don't tell the folks where they can find you if they're ever in Los uh, Angeles. Where you perform personally? Comedy. Personally, add me as a friend on my personal Facebook. <laughs> I think that's the best way to reach me. Uh, what is this bit? What is this bit with people coming on here and telling you? Because it's that? the best way to contact me. I want one-on-one -on -one conversations. I don't want this distanced fan star treatment. I want. To get to know you. You sound like a man that doesn't receive a lot of DMs. <laughs> I receive plenty of DMs. And I respond to them DM in kind. Oh, okay. So he's the king of DMs. He's a gentleman and a See, scholar. You didn't want to plug anything, but you love those DMs. So I please love them. DM uh, Philip Binder. 
Uh, <laughs> and uh, you can find me on Twitter at ML Surfboard. You can find Party World Wrestling on Facebook at Party World Wrestling. Uh, videos are coming soon. You can find the other videos at Wisecrack on YouTube. And uh, that's going to be all, folks. Uh, I am your host. My name is Lux. Your co-host is Griffin Davis. Your guest is Phil Bender. Your intro and outro music is by Matthew Morton. The art is by Brittany Metz. And your editor is Haley Clement. Thank you so much. Y'all are the best. And thank you to Phil for coming on. Goodbye from the Game Game Boys. Boys. Game Boys. (laughs) Please come.